Welcome to the Sisters of Resistance podcast for the week of June the 23rd. My name is Reggie and I am the leader the leader for this meeting. Oh my god. The speakers on this podcast sometimes use bad words and so listener discretion is advised. Oh that's funny. Find us on Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify and Apple iTunes at Sisters of Resistance all one word. And then find us on Sisters of Resistance on Facebook and email us at sistersofresistance3 at gmail.com. I'm joined by my sisters, Franny McIntyre and Meg McIntyre-Sundin. Good morning, ladies, on this Tuesday morning. How art thou, ist? Well, I'm, Meg, you this make your report. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, certainly better than, this, than I was last week. But uh, again, I... I is, uh, uh, I, I'm continually splayed, and in order to, to be able to continue to keep going, I'm not even going to bring up the administration's treatment of children or the intended mm -hmm. cruelty to families, intentional families, on Sunday to people who are at church and at home enjoying their family life on the one day a week they're given. Mm. So I just, I just say I will not even mention that. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Franny? Well, you know, I've swum to the surface after being buried under this, uh, mixing up my metaphors, avalanche of, uh, of bad <laughs> news. Uh, you know, the whole uh, calling back of the, the jets from Iran. Um, of course, the, the, just the, the image that they keep repeating about those children sleeping on cement, sleeping mm. on cement. Um, you know, uh, the Fed, uh, the fact that this morning at 5.30 in the morning, it was 82 degrees in West Palm Beach. You know, and the only way I can, I can, I'm trying to stay grateful that I at least, and I'm sure you both would be also grateful that I'm not Donald Trump's type. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not my type. That's your response. Not my type. I, I just, it's inconceivable oh, yeah. to oh, me. You'll say like, but look at her. Do you think that's, you know what I mean? It, it's so absurd I, as if the possession of Melania as a, as a, as a trophy shows his exquisite and enduring taste. Give me a break. Uh, he, he's just, he's such a cretin. He's such an odious, odious character. I just cannot bear him. And, and she has our haircut, Franny. <laughs> she does, I, she does I, I have a wonderful pretty, pixie. But, yeah, yeah, she is. She's lovely, but. You know, God bless it. She's talking about something that happened, what, 30 years ago? Um, and uh, so, but uh, that's all. I, I just, I, I can't even. And the comment that is being made about how little attention it has gotten. It's mm, commonplace. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is what, she's the 20th woman to make this allegation. 22nd. 22nd. Thank you. I just, uh, 22nd. God, I just. So, anyway, Reggie, I just, I would like to thank uh, our listeners who managed to get through Spot Stitcher and iTunes and all those things that you recounted, Podbean, mm. and found us, because for me, this is at least therapeutic. Yeah. Um, to try to see some portion of it and understand some portion of it and, and speak about it a bit just gives me some kind of sense of, uh, of control over a little teeny part of this crazy, crazy environment, this chaotic world that he has personally created he's created oh. it he, somebody described him as the arsonist and then going to put out the fire he causes the problem yep, yep. then he comes in and he can be the big hero watches the fire that's right that's exactly right it's, well, well the same thing with all his tariffs yep same or, thing. you know the family separation which they stopped only because for concerns of officer safety and again i want to put a, a, a word of support out to the poor 
federal employees on the ground who are tasked with these inhumane policies, how difficult it must be for them because they are people who have families too. But to say, well, we won't do it this Sunday. We'll surprise them on another Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a picture, there's an article in the New Yorker and with the article is a, um, a photo of, I know I heard it a couple of weeks ago, but uh, individuals, human beings cordoned off under, a, uh, under an overpass oh, yes. with a fence, just crammed, I mean, crammed into this space. In the heat, in the sun, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I don't know. Uh, it, it's just so, it's so terrible that this is going to, this is, this is the blight. And, you know, um, we know people that were interred, you know, during World War II, you know, in those, the camps and mm-hmm. the Japanese, you know. So it's just, um, it can be a, a, a lasting effect on these That's children. That's right. Certainly. On, on, on these children, I mean, what will happen to these children? They'll be in this country and there'll be a whole new class of young children with, with serious, serious problems. But, yeah. you know, Margaret points out, and she's right about the, the people that have to work with this. And, you know, secondarily, we're traumatized by um, yeah. this material that breaks your heart, but you're dead into it because there's nothing immediately available. You know, we can't all go to the border or immediately take action around it to relieve it. And so it just deadens your spirit. Up. Terrible, yeah. terrible time. Terrible time. So as, they, as John Lovett says, let's get into it. So, Franny, you said you had some, some, in, some scoop on Hope Hicks. What's the story? Well, I thought, I'd, I thought, Kellyanne. I thought I'd, I'd refer to Kellyanne, seeing as we're going to you know, honor our Federal Employees Day, um, <laughs> and think about <laughs> Kellyanne Conway, who's an executive branch um, employee um, and also a special advisor, no, counsel to the president. That's the, um, that's the title that she carries. And this week, the Office of Special Counsel, who's distinguished from Robert Mueller, not Robert Mueller's special counsel, but this is a special agency within the White House that's uh, to oversee, um, I believe, you know, ethical, legal concerns and make sure that there is compliance. I guess they're basically compliance officers. It's the Hatch Act and then other employee issues. Uh-huh. And so, interestingly, the, the chief of that department, whose name is Kerner, um, was appointed by Trump. And so that agency came out with a report um, listing that Kellyanne Conway had violated the Hatch Act on, I think, 19 separate occasions. And the, and the Hatch Act is an old, not old, it's not a recent law, it's, you know, earlier in the, in the, 19, in the 20th century that um, makes punishable um, the use of, of government resources in order to advance a pol- particular political or partisan um, purpose. And so what Kelly Ann Conway has done is within the White House, uh, on the driveway of the White House, has made political statements with regard to Joe Biden, with regard to Elizabeth Warren, you know, nothing vague about it, specific anti-political uh, person uh, comments. And so uh, she apparently has been warned, I think, several times, and Kerner's report uh, eventually uh, ended with a recommendation that she be fired. Trump, of course, refused to do that. And so the Congress, uh, still in high outrage, reached out for Kellyanne Conway to have her come and explain um, her actions with regard to the Hatch Act. And so Elijah Cummings has sent a letter inviting Kellyanne to come on over tomorrow um, to the uh, Congressional um, Committee on Oversight. And uh, yesterday, 
Patrick, Pat, I should say, Cipollone uh, responded. Um, and, and Margaret will tell us a little bit more about it because she's actually got it in a little bit more detail. But it's my understanding, at least, that they claimed that uh, Kellyanne would decline to appear um, is the language that I saw. And I expect that in that letter, they have relied on absolute immunity um, as a reason why she not, need not appear. Because, of course, that's the protective blanket that they are throwing around um, um, witnesses Everybody from the brother. White House. Everybody yeah. and his brother that ever worked at the White House doesn't have to come testify because they're members of the executive branch and somehow have some reason not to even show up. Mm. Not to even show up. And so I'm, I can appreciate now that if the, if the letter comes from Barr or from the Department of Justice, it's more likely a claim of executive privilege. Whereas in this case, it's just that she doesn't have to show up at all. And so Kellyanne has declined to appear. So what does that mean? I'm confident that tomorrow um, they will uh, issue a subpoena and that subpoena will then be uh, dishonored and that they will then contemplate uh, another vote of contempt against Kellyanne Conway and go about bringing it to court or whatever action they're going to take next. But it's just, it's, it's, it's another brick uh, in the stone wall, again, I've got my metaphors wildly mixed today, um, <laughs> that, uh, that, that Trump is trying to erect to keep Congress um, in its own lane. Um, the reason that I thought this was interesting is that uh, the Hatch Act, I had not appreciated, is not simply a civil uh, enactment. Um, it carries a penalty. It carries a punishment. It carries a year in jail. Not mandatory, but it is says it is punishable by a thousand dollar fine or a year in jail, mm -hmm. which means that Kellyanne Conway is vulnerable to a criminal prosecution. So, in terms of privilege, what does that say to me? She's never going to testify because she has a Fifth Amendment privilege here. You know, uh, anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Mm -hmm. um, the Miranda warning that we would all know needs to be recited in you know in terms of it's an overgeneralization but in all cases before there are statements made kellyanne will never have to testify um, because she'd be contributing to um you know evidence against herself in the event that anybody chose to prosecute her criminally um you know will that ever happen not likely because her violations all take place within the district of columbia district of columbia justice system there is exclusively managed by the department of justice and who's in charge of the Department of Justice, the bar. William Barr. So nothing will ever happen, but she will have that claim nonetheless um, in case at some later time someone chooses uh, to prosecute her. I'm just going to do a quick um, deviation here and say I've never had a chance to actually report this to our listeners, but when the Mueller report came out, you know, everybody was very disturbed and upset and kind of disappointed that Mueller had never gotten Donald Trump right in front of him to ask him some hard questions. And, you know, I, I believe, my, in my heart, I believe my opinion is that um, Mueller knew that Trump always had a Fifth Amendment right, that he could never be forced to testify, that, you know, getting down that road uh, was just going to be a complete waste of time. And so that's why he tried to do it. He tried to sort of encourage him to come over and public pressure to come over, but he never really, you know, pushed it to the wall because had it been pushed to the wall, Trump would never have had to testify. It's the same thing that's going to happen with regard to Kellyanne. So, so yeah, so those are, you know, um, what I can offer. You know, I, I sort of occupy the boring beat um, on this podcast, which is all about um, privilege oh, and immunity. Oh, Franny, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm not bored, right? You're, You're not very bored, are you, 
No, I'm very <laughs> interested by what? Uh, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> so then we turn over to Hope Hicks, who uh, Jerry Nadler had in front of him last week. Mm. And Hope Hicks had uh, appeared before him, and as has been widely reported, it was behind closed doors. She had not one, but I think seven lawyers. She had a couple seven. of her own. She, I think yeah, she had a couple least, of her own. At least five. She had five, and then who knows how many. Jeez. Okay, five. She had five, she had, five of record. Yeah, uh, you know, from the White House, uh, her own counsel, and then wow. from the Department of Justice as well. And so she got in there and apparently didn't answer any, pretty much anything beyond her name. Um, and so uh, now I just, this is a test. See if everybody remembers. You don't have to raise your hand, but everybody kind of understands, I hope, that when they talk about executive privilege, that goes to a privilege not to answer a question because that, that uh, protects. Um, the right not to not to tell about communications you had with an individual communications are documents so privilege has to do with communications when you're there answering questions but immunity means i don't have to go na 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 i don't have to be there so absolute immunity means na 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 i don't have to be there so um in this case uh when they were in front of so in this case they hope hicks actually showed up so mm-hmm. she didn't say, no, 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 no. She showed up. But when she was in the room and was asked the questions, yeah. then she claimed absolute immunity. When she refused to answer the questions, Jerry Nadler, as was appropriate, said, on what basis do you refuse to answer the questions? And they swerved and bobbed around and said, well, the immunity of the executive branch. And they, and they, but they made it clear they were not and they had to in this setting, they being the lawyers, they were not claiming executive privilege. They were not claiming a privilege to not disclose the communications. They were claiming this sort of diffuse um, um, absolute immunity that I will remind our listeners, my sister Meg has been so uncharitable about. Calling that dark crap. Crap. But so they, they are claiming crap, but see, They've got it backwards because I'm sure you're all following me. Hope Hicks is sitting there. She's not saying, yeah, 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 yeah. She's getting questions, but she doesn't have a privilege. She's claiming some kind of vague immunity to not answer the questions. So the bottom line on this is now they've got a, a transcript and they've got questions and answers and a, and, a, and a hollow claim as to why she doesn't have to answer the questions. This basically comes down to the same way you would enforce um, if, a, if a, a, a party did not answer a question in deposition. They'll go next to court and then they'll have an opportunity to show it to a judge and the judge will say to um, Hicks's lawyers, you know, that doesn't fly. She's got to answer the question, bring it back. Now, what does that mean? That means time. It means energy. It means, right. uh, basically means running the clock. Running the clock, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just uh, so disturbing to one's heart. But I have a feeling that um, Margaret has a few thoughts about Hope Hicks too. Well, I'm, I am going to, uh, to really... Uh, go nuts on her. I just want to make sure for any that you're aware that uh, you've been asking about, was it Annie McDonald? Yes. The attorney, she is very, very pregnant. She's in her last trimester. I didn't so know that. So she will not be, well, it's just, it's just been announced. She won't be interviewed until sometime after November. So anyway, so just uh, to let you know, take her off your list. Okay. Damn Hope, Hope Hicks. Uh, I think she was sent out just as a pretty poster child. Yeah. So they could try out this novel theory um, 
you know, of what I call unicorn immunity, uh, kiss my ass immunity, <laughs> whatever you want, a complete invention that has been made up out of whole cloth. They sent a letter to Nadler in advance of Hicks' testimony, and it came from Pat Cipollone, we've uh, spoken about before. And um, as Reggie knows, in, in, um, in the criminal area, there's something called a rap sheet, which is a report of arrest and prosecution. Well, I'm calling this uh, Cipollone the crap sheet because mm -hmm. basically it has the nerve to quote the former crap letter of May <laughs> as authority, if you can believe it. So this is how absurd they're building on the 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 house of sand, the sandcastle that they started in May. They're saying, in effect, there's such a thing as executive privilege, but executive privilege is not big enough. Basically, it's not big enough to provide the cover-up the president needs. So they have invented this thing to say that um, just privilege itself, the executive privilege that Franny's explained, is insufficient to ameliorate the threats that compelled testimony could, because inadvertently, you know, something might pop out. Again, quotes itself. Remember I said in the past, they just had a useless quoting of OLC opinions that, you know, of, of which there are thousands. So they cherry picked a few that counted, but again, they are not authoritative, authoritative in any way, shape or form. So basically they're just trying to knit words together. But one of the hilarious things for me is that as a final make-weight argument, <laughs> they say given the frequency with which presidential advisors could be asked questions, um, really compelling the advisor's appearance is unlikely to, quote, promote any valid legislative interests. Now, you notice that they've been pulling this out of their hats lately. Yeah. Uh, in response to the very legally defensible request for Trump's tax returns, they're saying not a valid legislative purpose. It is none of the executive branch's GD business. Yeah. It is clearly established in the courts that there is a presumption of a legislative purpose. So they're just just making something up. I mean, they have the nerve to say that, that no one can ask questions because um, they, they have no business asking questions. Anyway, how it ends up is by saying that in order to preserve Trump's future ability to exert executive privilege over anything, they're just going to request absolute immunity now. Now, to show their own lack of faith in this novel crap argument, they sent Miss Hicks in with her own two lawyers. And again, I believe in the system. She certainly can have her own lawyers. Yeah. But they also sent in two lawyers from the White House Counsel's Office, who was supposed to be representing the office of the president, not Trump. 
And strangely, Cipollone sent a representative from the Office of Legal Counsel. Now, I've waxed eloquent because I, in the past, have had enormous respect for the um, Office of Legal Counsel. There are the geniuses of the department. Their powers are set out in the regulations. Part zero of um, Title 28 is involves uh, the Department of Justice powers and responsibilities. Anyway, under 0 0.26 is outlined the Office of Legal Counsel, and they have five, six, seven, eight duties, all about advising, advising, providing advice. The only way what they can fit this would be is that final catch-all one that we all had in our job description saying, performing duties as assigned. Because I can tell you in the common pilots, OLC, OLC attorneys never go out the house, okay? So <laughs> the fact that they had to send, and those are the people of record, I'm sure there were 15 more attorneys in the audience. That's how nervous they were about this privilege. Mm. And again, Nadla, although it may seem boring to people listening, ask continually, is this executive privilege? No. Again, set, set up the record beautifully, although I'm sure that people who do not know any better may, have, may think that Pretty Hope Hicks won the day because I thought her attitude was very snippy. And again, as soon as a question was asked, uh, one of the attorneys would jump in and make an objection. So, so nothing really, we didn't hear anything. All we have done, as Fernie said, is set the record for for a court analysis. Right. Um, last week, we talked about uh, counterintelligence investigations. What was the big deal? Uh, again, why is the Attorney General not releasing the information? First of all, the counterintelligence information that is in the very spare um, Mueller report but also the rest of the information. And I alluded to this, but um, those of us who are old enough remember that during the Vietnam War, there was some concern that the FBI was observing people who were merely expressing their First Amendment rights. They were being suspected of being communist because they did not agree with the government. During the 50s up to 1971, this was one of the FBI's investigative techniques. In fact, the whole project was called Co-Intel-Pro, which stands for Counterintelligence Production. So in the 1990s, in a belated response to that fear that somehow the government was gonna start investigating people without a basis, the Department of Jealous, Just, Justice, Jealous, I'm the one that's jealous, they, they're supposed to be doing justice, but in any event, under the direction at that time of Jamie Gorelick, mm -hmm. uh, who I again admired, uh, is, but however, is now working for Mr. Kushner, authored a series of opinions that separated the investigative world into counterintelligence and Criminal, criminal investigations. 
Now, the FBI is responsible for investigations within this country. They're all domestic investigations, but basically, these two spheres were very clearly separated. And any communication between the criminal folks and the counterintelligence had to go through, um, through DOJ. Very, very controlled. Okay. This led to a breakdown in communications, which was revealed by the attack on 9-11. You'll hear about people who weren't talking to each other. Well, it was because this was GOJ policy, okay? Following that, the Department of Justice tried several things, including the Attorney General's Guide for the Domestic Investigation Operations. Very detailed very hard to explain. And I can tell you that because one of my taskings a long time ago was trying to teach this to employees. Basically, it, sort, it said that there could be little bits of communication between the criminal people and the counterintelligence people. But again, it all had to be controlled in a very stately dance managed by the department, uh, excuse me, the Department of Justice. Okay, so a lot of this was tracked through the National Security Division of <laughs> DOJ. And that assistant director has enormous power over um, investigations, uh, anything involving sensitive matters, uh, prosecutorial personnel, I mean, just everything. And any releases that information has to be approved by this assistant attorney general. So you say, wow, well, that's a relief. Who is it? Well, of course, it's an appointee. Uh, I will not say that the guy, his name is John C. Demers, D-E-M-E-R-S. Not saying he's totally inexperienced, but his most recent experience was working for Boeing. <laughs> so uh. in any event, he is the one that is control over a lot of these inve investigations. Also, okay, so then we have the question, why are they not giving it up? This is my opinion solely. Mm -hmm. But you can remember that everyone was banging on Comey because he talked about Hillary Clinton, even though they were declining prosecution. The FBI and the DOJ, first of all, we don't, do, do not speak about matters that they are not going to prosecute. But with this intricate dance, we have considerations of privacy. And you can remember Billy Barr is very concerned about privacy and preventing harm to ongoing matters. Now, you remember that Billy Barr has taken it upon himself to investigate the investigators. So he's up to his balls in examining the FBI's investigation of the Russian interference. So right now, that's an ongoing matter. And he can play this game for as long as he wants to say, we cannot release information because it would be premature. This matter is still ongoing. So between an assortment of guidelines from the 
attorney general's uh, uh, guides for the investigations. The Department of Justice's usually strict guidelines on release of information, the fact that they will not release information about ongoing matters, and finally, concerns about personal privacy. Uh, I think that they can keep this information locked up for as long as they want, even though they have a statutory um, requirement that they brief the House committee. And that's where Darren Shift is. But I know that seeing the legal crap that they grind out, there was someone over in OLC now knitting up another little fig leaf, of knitting up a top to throw over all that information for as long as possible, saying that we can't do it, it's going to harm national security, it's going to harm an ongoing investigation, it's going to hurt people's privacy, and finally, we just don't do that. And, and that's why it's being held up. So, Margaret, um, just, you know, back to the beginning, in the co-int pro days, before the Jamie Gorelick, what was the harm that they were worried about would happen if there was a, if it was a crossing over between the counterintelligence and the criminal? What was the, what was the fear? Well, the, the, they were, first of all, they were putting barriers to people's First Amendment expressions of disagreement. And why it's counterintelligence because Mr. Hoover felt that if you were not supporting the government, you were a communist. So all these student protesters were being investigated as possible communists. All the civil rights workers, okay? And again, you, could, you had all those different authorities. And, and, and I really think it was... Um, it was a, a long-standing reaction to that to say we don't want to have COINTELPRO again. We don't want to have that type of behavior that they started to show, okay, the FBI, the Department of Justice, we won't work that way anymore. So although the intent was to protect free speech and protect um, you know, people's actions, uh, now it is being horribly uh, misused. And so just to synthesize it a little bit, um, Adam Schiff is looking for where, what's the counterintelligence investigation? What's, the, what's happened? Why is it not in the Mueller report? Your, your belief is that they've withheld it because of all the reasons that you've cited. Um, and that your belief is that um, Barr can keep any counterintelligence information out of the public and away from Adam Schiff just by citing... Uh, privacy and harm to ongoing matters and all that sort of thing. And national right? security. As I said, knowing how these people think, all you need is one good reason. They don't have a good reason, but they're going to do four or five crappy reasons in a shell game and, and, uh, and fool everyone. But Darren Schiff has, his committee has a right to the information. It's different from what the public would get. You mean, so Adam, hope, you mean Adam Schiff, right? Adam Schiff, sorry. What did I call him? Darren Schiff. I'm, yeah. I apologize. Oh. Um, but uh, he has a, they have a statutory right to it. I hope he keeps pressing. But again, he's wondering, why the heck isn't the FBI providing me with this information? And I feel that uh, Christopher Ray has been advised by DOJ, we're not releasing anything. And we're going to, we're ginning up the authority for it.
and that will be another one of these crap letters. Another reason that that, that Adam Schiff uh, should be obtaining this information is that there's a specific exception under 6D, Rule 6D, which is the rule that prevents grand jury materials from being disclosed uh, that relates to national security materials, particularly for this information. So there is a way that DOJ could go should they choose to. There's an exception, um, but they seem to be deliberately refusing to um, acknowledge our response And in the past, uh, from my experience, I can tell you that uh, congressional responses were congressional requests were handled quickly with a very positive response, okay? But this administration does not care about... um, you know, they does not care about the rule of law, does not care about the balance of power at all. And, and the one final thing, um, in the justice manual, the current justice manual, um, under section 9-2-159, it says, quote, it's the responsibility of the Department of Justice to enforce the law vigorously, and it cannot abdicate this duty because of possible embarrassment to other agencies of the government. You know, situations may arise where substantial reasons of national security or the like may require the department to abandon investigation for go litigation and seek dismissal of a case. And again, those are very serious, but they can only be undertaken with departmental approval. Well, right now we know that any approval that's sought will be, will be given. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling very bad and not holding my breath. But I can imagine this stuff must be really bad if they're going to these lengths to try and hide it. Mm. Franny, was that 6D as in dog or E as in Eric? 6D, Rule 6D is the one that, that protects grand jury materials. All, but um, I no, 6E. It's, it's, it's 6E. I think it's 6E, Franny. I no. think it's 6, okay, well 6D I think it maybe is the one that you go to you can authorize you to go to court and seek um, permission, but rule six, whatever in there. I know that there is that NSE exception. Well, um, this is a, this is a downer. (laughs) Well, let me recommend Uh, this. Let me recommend this. I have been watching this week, the uh, HBO miniseries Chernobyl. Yeah. It is superb. Mm -hmm. Just superbly done. Um, Interesting science, uh, remarkable drama. Uh, incredible uh, cinematography. Um, so, and then, so a man, a man-made disaster that had lasting impact for the world is exactly. cheering you up, Franny. That's what yeah, you're yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's 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 taking me out of this, and and the and the theme of it is the cost of lies. You know mm, what it means. Yeah. The cost of lies on a country to lie, and and some of the yeah. things that we've talked about show up there. I won't mm-hmm. I won't be a spoiler and go into it, but in addition to the to the HBO series, there's a podcast. Uh, it's the HBO okay. official podcast, which is the producer and Peter Sagal from NPR. Okay. And it's really good. Really good. Oh, good. Okay. Um, wow, Reggie. So there we go. Well, I'm just looking at my Twitter, uh, my tw- the Twitterverse, and MSNBC is quoting Representative Burgess. I'm not sure where he's from. But he says, on the conditions in the migrant camps, you know what? That's not a locked door. That's not a locked door. Any child is free to leave any time, but they don't. You know why? Because they're well taken what? care of. Because they can't walk, probably. And where you know, are they going to go when they leave the warehouse in the desert? I can't the, believe it. And the fat old white guy, you know? Staying. 
Oh, how about when they were arguing last week that uh, we don't have to give them soap? Yeah. Oh, did you see that? that and then, and then oh. why they were all sleeping on the bare floor is because it was so full of lice. Oh. They took away all fabrics they possibly could. And mm. so these babies are sleeping on concrete wrapped in a piece of aluminum foil blanket. And again, don't tell me about the Republican Party loves babies yeah. and innocent life. Mm -hmm. Here is innocent life, innocent life, and how it is being treated is, is morally repugnant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, that's. Sorry, it. I think I brought us down again. That's totally hey, I'll tell it. You, I tell totally you, it. In order, how I'm escaping, I am watching trash of trash of trash of reality oh. TV. Yeah. And I have just seen the downfall of the lovely Mama June, the mother of Honey Boo Boo. Oh, so my. I, Franny's get go to getaway thing is yeah. much more intelligent than mine. I have now revealed how shallow I am, <laughs> but I've been watching, watching as much junk as I can. Mm, wow. I'm refinishing furniture. I got, <laughs> um, I go around the neighborhood and I, the people across the street last year had a metal a chair and uh, two chairs and a table. Oh, that was a great one, Reggie. It looks like yeah. a Parisian bistro. Yeah, exactly. So I've scraped it all off. Um, being mindful of my EPA days, I put a top down. And so I've been able to gather up all the paint shavings. And then I got spray paint. So it's going to be like a pretty, like Florida teal blue color, kind of a color. Oh, aqua color. Caribbean. Wow. And then I was walking in another part of town and I saw two pieces of uh, wicker furniture and I, and I asked the lady, I said, are you getting rid of those? And she said, yes. I said, okay, I'll be right back. So I am refinishing furniture and um, got my garden going. And what can you do? I mean, you just, uh, yeah. as they said uh, on Morning Joe this morning, are you just numb to the every day, every single day, there's more outrage, more outrage. And Reggie, I'd like to know what our listeners are doing. If they could drop oh, you a line, just yeah. tell us what you're doing because yeah. you might give me some ideas because frankly, I saw the last Mama June episode, <laughs> so I need something else. Help me out here. I'm gasping. Now, weren't you the one that was watching RuPaul's um, oh, Raceway yeah. or something? Drag, yes. Dragway. Well, I, I'm, I don't let all my secrets out, Regina. <laughs> I, am, I, I am a trashaholic. I also love my 600 pound life. Oh boy. Uh, and again, also hoarding buried alive. Oh my and heavens. I'm ashamed to admit I watch these shows because they make me feel superior. They make <laughs> me feel that the choices I have made in my life well grounded. Well, good for the world. So I said, really, people don't be like me. Refinish furniture, yeah. watch intelligent things, but mm -hmm. please let us know what you do to counteract the Trump flu. Oh, that's a great idea. That's a great, great idea. Um, so we'll wrap it up. Uh, ladies, uh, are you good for right now? Do we have enough for this week, do you think? I think so, Reggie. All righty. And uh, okay, so as discussed, as discussed today, Trump's vain, reckless, and self-serving actions undermine the rule of law and our American way of life. Before I forget, on YouTube, fellows, there is a number of uh, very famous actors 
that got on YouTube and did the Mueller report in 10, in 10 acts relative to the obstruction charges. It includes John Lithgow, Kevin Klein, Annette Benning. You may want to take, take that in. It's on YouTube. Join us, the Sisters of Resistance, and read the Mueller report. Thank you for being here, Franny and Meg, and you know me, my name's Reggie. Thanks everybody for listening, and we'll talk to you next week, and take care, bye-bye. Resist. Resist. Resist.